Joining us now at our studios is uh, Northfield Schools Superintendent, Dr. Matt Hillman. Matt, good morning. Thank you so much for coming in. I'm glad to be here, Jeff. Great to see you on a beautiful morning. I mean, we see some 50s and even 60s in the forecast, yeah. but... Uh, as Minnesotans, we know all too well. There's there's one more big snowstorms lurking out there no, somewhere. No, there's not. Good. Folks, I like your attitude. <laughs> Hopefully, that uh, big snowstorm will come on like December twentieth. I'll take that. Yes, <laughs> that would be from your lips to God's ears, Jeff. <laughs> Let's talk about. Well, you know, the spring is coming now. Uh, you bet. The, uh, it's on the way. We've gotten through winter, and it looks like the worst of the COVID outbreaks is. I don't want to say over, but uh, I don't know if it'll ever be over. But uh, it's certainly certainly has changed a little bit. The numbers have changed. We talked to you a bit about that last time you were in. Uh, where are we at now with uh, the uh, COVID restrictions and as far as just the overall condition of the schools and the students? So we are on a very good trajectory, Jeff. And so we're really pleased. Uh, as you know, just in the month of uh, January, we had over 660 new cases reported uh, right now, our two-week, we always do a two-week look back. Every day we update our dashboard to report the number of new cases that have been reported in the last 14 days. Uh, yesterday we hit a, a low that I don't remember the last time we hit of nine. Um, coming out of spring break, we did add a couple of cases to the, da- a few cases to the dashboard this morning, four to be exact. So, you know, we have 13 new cases reported to us across the entire district. That's, you know, over 4,300 or so students and faculty on campus. Uh, so 13 out of that is, uh, is, is a much better place than we've been for some time. So in terms of active cases right now, we are in very good shape. We have rolled back uh, and sunset almost all of our restrictions. So the last building that was continuing to mask was the Northfield Community Education Center. Uh, That uh, restriction was lifted or that safety measure was lifted on March 7th. So no one is required to wear a mask in any uh, Northfield Public Schools building at this point. They're recommended but optional. Uh, we've also rolled back required quarantine for students who are would have been considered close contact students and staff who would have been cl- considered close contacts to someone uh, who had tested positive for COVID-19. Of course, if you do test positive for COVID-19, you still need to stay home. And if you're sick, you still need to stay home. I think even though we are really seeing a turning point, hopefully, right, we've felt this a couple times before and, and this virus is, is shifty and it can make a comeback pretty quickly. And uh, I think the key thing is we still need to maintain our guard. We still need to make sure we do those good things that we should be doing all along anyway. Washing our hands, covering our cough. If we are not feeling well, stay home. Um, and if, of course, if you test positive for COVID-19, students or, or staff are required to stay home for at least five days, then they can come back with a negative test after that using one of the rapid antigen tests. So, Jeff, this is the best COVID-19 report that I've given in some time. So we're really pleased to be moving forward together. And again, I just want to thank everyone in the community. This has been very difficult uh, and it will still have some difficulty, but I really appreciate the support uh, that the community's provided us. Boy, let's all hope this is the uh, last time that we have to go through that uh, again. Let's let's move on. You had a, a, uh, a school board meeting last night. Uh, let's take a look at some of the highlights. Let's talk sur- first off with uh, facilities. Yeah, so facility rental and service fees. So every year, uh, Director of Community Education Erin Bailey comes to the board. She submits a recap of how the buildings were used in the previous years. 
And then she also uh, looks at the rental and service fees. So this is when people from outside the district want to rent school district facilities. These are public buildings. Um, our rental fees are intended to cover our costs, uh, things like that. And so, of course, uh, over the last year, there's been uh, not as much rental because we still had the chunk of time where we were in the midst of COVID um, at the height of it. Uh, but we uh, are seeing quite a bit of the, those rentals coming back, which is great. Um, we are not recommending any changes in those fees for uh, service or rental for the next year. So um, if people are interested in you know, renting any of the district facilities, they can contact Bonnie Johnson at the Northfield Community Education Center. And again, no rental fee or service fee increases for the next year. All right. Let's move on to uh, talk about budgets. You yes. have a number of different budgets. And uh, you know, here being uh, March, we're in mid-March, you're... New year will uh, begin at some point, the school year anyway. What is it, July 1st? Yeah, July 1st is our fiscal year. We do a July 1st to June 30th fiscal year. Mm -hmm. Now, which of the budgets are you working on right now at this point? So we're working on all of the budgets, but we present budgets in a certain order. So right now, um, what what we presented last night, Director of Finance Val Murdestorff presented two funds together. So in Minnesota, there are uh, school districts have several different budget funds that they're required to report on. Uh, Two of those that we presented last night uh, were the debt service fund and the internal service fund. The debt service fund essentially is a flow through account for when we have passed a a bond referendum or we've gone out for a a smaller bond. So, for example, we've talked we're going to do a bond for the middle school roof. the debt service fund basically collects the property tax for those uh, projects or for what we have to pay for. We're required to levy 105% of what we are anticipated to owe in that coming year. Um, we then use that debt service fund to pay those bills, to pay the uh, the principal and interest each year. And then every year, um, because you're required to charge hundred or levy 105% of what you're anticipating to pay that year, Every year, the state does a calculation. Um, it's a, called an excess calculation. And there's a, as you might imagine, it's a fairly complex mathematical formula that then if we have more than what the state deems appropriate and that debt service fund balance, uh, that is returned to the taxpayers. So you'll see that that's part of the adjustments that happen every year in September and then finalized in December as part of the levy. So the debt service levy is when we have bonding uh, or uh, outstanding debt, we levy the amount that we are required to do. Uh, we then go ahead and pay that, and it's really kind of an in and out, um, in and out fund. The internal service fund is the fund that we use to pay our our dental and health insurance. So we actually pay all of our own health insurance and dental insurance bills. So our employees pay their premiums to the school district. We use a third-party administrator, uh, what most people would look at as their insurance companies. We use Medica, uh, Medica for our health insurance, and we use dental, or Delta for our dental. And so we, they, anyone who goes uh, you know, to a doctor or a dentist, they give them their card, and those bills come to us. And then we pay those bills with our premiums. And so this uh, fund performed really, really well for a long time. In fact, uh, for uh, we haven't actually had to increase the dental premium since 2006. So that fund has really done well, and that's very common. Dental is a simpler program to operate. There's just less moving parts. The health insurance program, as we've talked before, was honored by the Humphrey Institute at the University of Minnesota as a local government innovation. And we had a run of seven or eight years where we didn't have to increase premiums there as well. But as anyone who's listening knows, health insurance uh, and health care can be complicated. And we've seen over the last three years a, a significant increase in the number of our claims. 
and we just specifically have a number of high claimants and we're happy that that insurance is there to support our employees. It's one of the benefits that we have. Um, we did have a sizable premium increase uh, this past January, of which the district was able to help mitigate uh, that impact to employees on the short-term basis. Um, but as we move forward, we are going to have to increase premiums again as we move ahead. And so this is a fund that we're just really working hard to make sure that we can keep it um, going at the rate that it's been before. We've had some changes. We've had some more claims. And so this is one that we are just managing a little bit differently than we did over the last several years. Fund balance is very hard to build, Jeff, and it can go very quickly. Yeah. And that, uh, boy, eight years without a an increase is a, a remarkable run. At, at, do you know, what will the increase be? Are we looking at... Yeah, so the you know, pr- yeah, private has been, uh, tw- you know, mine's gone up 200%, 300%, 400% in a few years, a few years ago. Yeah, so this, we, we, we did have a 25% premium okay. increase overall. And so that typically is shared between the, in, in based on contract language, uh, between the district. So the district provides some of that, and then the employee pays some of that. Because of that really substantial and, and uh, change in the fall, as we've shared before, the district was able to step in and help mitigate. We used some of our uh, general fund balance and we used some of our federal uh, COVID relief dollars to be able to mitigate that increase. So we were able to limit and make the increase to the employee fairly minimal. But that was for one year. And so we're working on how we're going to be moving that forward. So we had no no increase for a long time. And unfortunately, it was a 25% increase that went into effect this January. The district picked up most of that. Um, our employees have been working very hard during the pandemic and, and different and, and more difficult circumstances than they've ever seen. We didn't feel that was fair to them to uh, bear the burden of that. So the district did step in using some of our strategic resources to buy down that premium increase for one year. And then we're working on how do we mitigate this and, again, um, make it sustainable, again, long-term like we had for so many years this coming January. Superintendent uh, Matt Hellman is with us. Uh, we're talking about things uh, that happened last night, uh, some of the uh, items discussed last night at the uh, Northfield School Board uh, uh, meeting. What, what else went on last night? Do you have... Uh, so I gave a budget prioritization mm-hmm. uh, committee update. I'm going to just not spend too much time on this today, Jeff. I encourage okay. listeners to go back to the uh, interview that you did with Val Murdestorf and I that outlined the process. Uh, Rich Larson did a really great story the last time that uh, last time I came in talking mm-hmm. about budget prioritization. Bottom line is we brought 60 people of the community together for four meetings. We're through two meetings. We're asking them to help us look at adjusting our expenditures or reducing our expenditures by $4.5 million over a couple of years. Again, the main reasons are continued lack of state funding, uh, declining enrollment. One of the big things, as we've talked about, is the special education cross-subsidy, uh, which is a significant um It's a significant challenge for every school district in the state, but we're asking this group to do it differently. We're asking them to prioritize rather than cutting the budget, which we could do in about 90 minutes with a red pen and a spreadsheet. We've got about 60 people, staff, administrators, community members, students who are coming together. They've been through two meetings so far, and they're working to tell us what are the services and programs that they want to make sure stay that will help us, give us the best chance to achieve our vision Uh, our commitments, and the benchmarks that we recently adopted in our strategic plan. Meeting number three is tonight. We've got another meeting next week. And then the administrator administration team will then operationalize those priorities into a budget plan. 
and then it'll continue moving down the road uh, to the board in April and May. So that's part of the general fund. So uh, for listeners, I encourage you to go back to listen uh, to that uh, interview with Val and I a couple of weeks ago. And again, Rich did some news stories on this uh, in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and that's all archived on our website. So check it out. She did a great job. And both of you did a great job of laying it out in, in language that I could ad- pretty much understand i think the average person could understand and at the end of the day we don't sugarcoat it right it's a four and a half million dollar expenditure reduction over a couple of years we have some great tools because we've really managed our finances well we have some tools to be able to help implement those changes uh, adjust our budget to the reality the budget reality of fewer students Um, but at the same time we want to look at it differently and it's a different mindset. It's quite messy, actually, to say, what do you want as opposed to what what can we cut? And uh, we're willing to live in that messy right now because we think that this mindset of what are the programs and services that give us the best chance to achieve the vision, the commitments, and the benchmarks that the board has adopted is a better way to budget. We want to make sure we use the resources that we have to give us the best chance to help kids succeed. So. That's where we're at with it, and we'll give you more information over the next couple of weeks. All right. Anything else uh, from last night's meeting? Two final items. Um, One is that uh, in the continued work that we've done on trying to keep Northfield High School's facility current, part of our plan from the last uh, two years was to um, remodel the high school office. So last summer, as one of the final parts of the 2018 bond referendum, we updated the old district office at the high school because mm-hmm. we moved to the new district offices, the former Longfellow building. And we updated our previous district offices to house one part of it houses our technology services staff and the other uh, parts of it serve students who are working in our torch program or what we call our multi-tiered systems of support. So kids who need additional assistance or tutoring. Um, so we've got this great space, kids who are needing to make up credits. We've got this great space in the old district office to be able to um, serve those students and we had some debate at the time um, of that decision. Should we move the high school office into the old district offices? And we looked at it. We felt that the old district offices serve these smaller student groups much better. So we are planning to re- uh, remodel the high school office this summer. And uh, we had winning bids. We had 22 bids covering 10 different contracts. So we don't just do one bid. We bid 10 different components. So it's it's things like the general construction, the electricity, the plumbing. Each of those is an individual package. And we've learned over the last several years, when you break it out like that and take those multiple bids, you get really good competitive bidding and you're able to get a better cost for the taxpayer. So the total cost for that remodel is going to be just over $1 million. That's been dramatically impacted by inflation over the last several months. Um, but we are going to be able to do it. We're using our long-term, fil- faci- long-term facilities maintenance revenue and a little bit of operating capital uh, to be able to do that. And so uh, it's going to be do things like re-fix uh, you know, how the that secure entrance and make that. We did a secure entrance a couple of years ago um, just as a stopgap measure. It's going to make that uh, a more fluid piece while still keeping uh, the um, that um, secure entrance. It's going to update that office area. One of the big components of it is going to modernize the nurse's office. That's a big part of our main office. And the high school office, uh, high school nurse's office serving 1,290 kids is one of the smallest in the district. So that's a big part of it. So that work will begin this summer. This is part of our ongoing effort 
uh, to maintain that facility. And as you know, we've got some upcoming task force meetings about the high school facility, um, but what we're going to continue to take care of this building because we don't know why the, the public would trust us with doing any more renovations or things like that if we don't take care of what we currently have. So we did adopt those bids last night, a little bit more than a million dollars. There were 10 contracts. We had 22 bids, and uh, we were very pleased we did get two companies uh, who are local within a 30-mile radius. Mm-hmm. All right. Finally, you said just, two things. Yeah, one last one thing. I just want to share that uh, we're so pleased that Cheryl Hall, uh, our Director of Special Services, uh, and also uh, our COVID nineteen coordinator for the last couple of years, was named the Minnesota Association or the Minnesota Administrators of Special Education Administrator of the Year. And uh, Cheryl is just an altruistic public servant. I know Rich did a story on the award last week, but. Um, for folks in the community who know Cheryl, she's just a treasure. Please congratulate her. This is the highest honor she can receive in her field. And so we're very pleased that her statewide organization recognized her as the Special Education Director of the Year. Yeah, congratulations to Cheryl Well-Earned. And uh, it's good to see uh, good things happening to people who do good things. Absolutely. All right. Superintendent Matt Hillman has been our guest. Matt, thank you so much for coming in. We'll see you next week or in a couple of weeks. My pleasure. Thanks so much. All right.